Do you have a hard time making friends or keeping friends? Or are you in a season where you're looking for the type of friends where you can do life with each other friends? What kind of friend are you? We're going to take of the next few minutes taking inventory of us as friends and of our different friendships today as we talk about two very different Bible stories. And then, of course, stay tuned for the end of the episode as I share my best practical tips for those of you who are looking for community and looking for new friends. And as we break down friendship, I'm excited, so excited, you guys, to officially announce our first in-person retreat for this October. We will be right outside of Nashville in a beautiful, stunning lake house. And if you haven't seen that on socials, make sure you're following us, but make sure that you get all the details because it is going to sell out. And I don't say that as like a selling tactic. I mean that it is an intimate cabin with 12-ish of us. And you're not going to want to miss this weekend and a chance to create lifelong friends. For all of this information, be sure to visit AbundantWoman.co slash retreat and place your deposit today. I can tell you from personal experience that retreats have changed my life and I know this one will also change yours. So without further ado, let's dig into friendships, y'all. Hey friend, welcome to the Abundant Woman Collective podcast. Do you want to grow in your faith and have an intimate relationship with Jesus? Do you wake up with big ambitious goals only to be overwhelmed and frustrated when you're way too busy and forgot to prioritize your time with him again? Hey, I'm Sam and I too was someone who craved a deeper relationship but was too busy to make it happen. I felt overwhelmed at trying to fit him in and wished I could be confident in my faith and identity. I wanted to read the Bible and actually understand what I was reading but I kept telling myself that I didn't have the time, the know-how, or the discipline or tools to make it happen until I found a little secret to get rid of the Christian checklist. In this podcast, you will find biblical truth, hope-filled conversations with women who are right where you are, and all of the practical tools to implement so that you will be able to deepen your relationship with Jesus. So grab your copy, Bible and pen, and let's dig in. Do you guys remember this song? (laughs) Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. The ones we can depend on, I think. Anyways, thank you Houdini for that one hit wonder because I never heard from most people again. But as I was writing out <laughs> this episode, I could not, like literally I've had this song, that only that clip in my head for weeks. But like also they are legit questions are for us. Right now in this season of life, what do your friendships look like? For most of us, and I've had lots of season of this, I've had lots of seasons of friendships in my life, some great, some good, and honestly, some not good at all. But through each season and each friendship group, I have learned so much about myself, so much about other people and other women, and even a bunch about God's character and what he actually desires for friendships. Today, as we start this episode, we are going to break down two different examples of friendships in the Bible. First, let's go to our homie Job, who, poor guy, is the man who has lost everything, family, wealth, health, but yet he did not lose his faith in God. We are going to start with who his friends are and how they were good, and then like, you know, not not so good. So in Job chapter 211, it says, when Job's three friends, and girls, I'm going to butcher these names, so just stay with me. 
Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar, mm -hmm, yep, those names, heard about all the troubles that had come upon Job. They set out from their homes and met together by agreement to go and sympathize with him and comfort him. This, in verse 11, is the first thing that those friends got right. Job literally lost everything. Friends, like I said, family, health, wealth, all of the things. He was the bottom of the barrel, ladies. Everything but his faith in God was gone. And so Job's friends literally hit the nail on the head and they said, hey, our friend is going through a hard time. Let's get together and let's go to him. Doing life with each other, these deep friendships, they involve being there for each other when crisis happens or sickness happens. These guys left their homes and their families to go to Job. And even if that isn't possible, like for some of us, we have really close friends in other parts of the world or other parts of the country. We can still chat on the phone. We can still send food or whatever the need may be. But the first point in being a good friend is to actually be there for that person when life is rough. In verse 13, we see that um, they are silent for seven days. In those days, it was customary to comfort someone in mourning by remaining silent in, in their presence until they spoke. Like Job had to be the first one to speak. So the friends sat on the ground with him for seven days and nights and did not speak. They saw that his suffering was way too great for words. And they waited until he made the first, you know, the first words. He said the first things. And I have great friends. <laughs> and I don't know if we could be silent for seven days. But that's probably because I would initiate the conversation. But I also feel like those friends would come and offer food and offer water or anything. But silence would be super hard for us, let's be honest. But it was cultural for them, and so they did it. But the second point I want to make is sometimes our presence and our prayers is literally all that is needed. Like, have you gone through a hard time, maybe a tragic time, you're grieving, you're mourning, or you're just trying to make sense of what had happened and you've had someone just come with you, be with you, sit with you, not give you advice, not tell you what to do, not tell you it's going to be okay, suck it up buttercup, but just be with you, right? These are two things in Job's story that these friends did very well. They responded well in this circumstance for both of these. They were awesome friends until this point. <laughs> and then honestly, what happened? Well, they kind of opened their mouth and they talked a lot. In Job 4 all the way to 25, they talk a lot to him. Through all of this conversation, they become self-righteous. They had no idea the extent of Job's suffering, so they could not relate. They thought they had all the answers. They gave him horrible advice. Like his friends were trying to convince Job that uh, Job wouldn't be in this circumstance if, if it wasn't for something he'd done. Like some hidden sin in his life had caused this awful circumstance. And I feel like I've heard that in social Christianese circles, friends. And I want to tell you if you've ever heard that, that that is not true. That is a lie from the enemy. Your sin does not create these awful circumstances. Yes, there are consequences for sin, but not in the way that Job's friends were trying to tell him. Instead, their words were hurtful and discouraging. So looking at these three guys who started off like, yes, they were heartbroken for their friend. They went to him. They were silent for seven days. They were just with him. What can we learn from them? Go to your friends. Be there for them. Cry with them. 
for as long as they need, even if it's seven days and seven nights. But keep the advice, especially the unbiblical advice, to a minimum. Sometimes people just need our presence and they just need us to show up for them. Okay, let's talk about the second group of friends that I want to mention. In uh, Mark 2, y'all probably know I was going here because this is my favorite story, one of them. And in Mark 2, I'm just going to read this chap- this little portion real quick. It says, verse 1, when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. He goes on to see what the teachers, ends up healing the man. The man stands up, picks up your mat, and walks out according to what Jesus had told him to do, right? And so uh, we pause at that part of the story. It goes on to be healed. But I want to point out some things that I love about these friends, okay? These friends, <laughs> legit, uh, brought their friend through the roof, but you know. Okay, so one, the first thing to notice is their friend's faith. Verse five is so significant. It says, seeing their faith. The Lord saw the faith of the paralyzed man, but he also saw the faith of his four friends. God honors the faith of those who assist, quote unquote, in the salvation process. Now, we know that our faith can't save someone else and that we can't save someone else like by proxy and, you know, but we can assist in the process by helping our friends come to know Christ. We can pray for them. We can relate to them. We can sit and mourn to them. We can represent Christ to them. And obviously we can show Christ's love to them. I think what those men did was sacrificial love. It was bold. It was brave. And it they believed Jesus enough to know the stories, hear the series, I'm, stories. That's why everyone else was there, right? They were all there to see what Jesus would do. They had heard this man who could heal people. And so they believed him enough to bring their sick, paralyzed friend to him. I think that's so cool. Are we friends like this? Or do we have friends that know Jesus, who Jesus is, and will contend for our faith with and for us? So put this in a different context. Maybe we're not paralyzed, but maybe, man, I've had times in my life where I couldn't see out the window. I couldn't see beyond what the situation was I was in my life, right? I could not see beneath beyond the grief, beyond the heartbreak, beyond the humiliation, whatever circumstance, right? And I could not see tomorrow, let alone finish this. And I have friends that have drugged me up out of bed (laughs) and taken me out and given me hope and showed me, pointed me to the cross, right? They didn't stick me on a mat and drop me through the roof, but they got me out of bed and saw and showed me the hope that was for tomorrow, right? So maybe it's not a paralyzed man through the roof. Put this for your situation. What does this look like for you? Right? Number one, their friend's faith. Number two, these men had made their faith more than just eternal. Their faith wasn't something that they kept inside. It was actual work. The faith of these men was so great that they took the initiative to get their friend to Jesus because they believed that he could be healed. 
The fact that this man had four men carrying him showed me that he couldn't move on his own. Like we've seen other stories where someone crawled to Jesus, right? He couldn't crawl. He had no strength. He needed four men to physically carry him. And I bet he was heavy because he was a grown man, right? So have we been physical for our friends? physically uncomfortable, done physical work, like more than just emotional support and praying for them, which are important, but have we sacrificed for our friends in this way? Maybe cooked a meal for a sick friend, pulled weeds for a grieving widow, babysat kids when you don't want to be around kids. I mean, like whatever it is, have we gone the extra mile for our friends? Or have we had friends that do that to us, that have done that for us? I remember... Um, one of the reasons I love the church that I'm at now, uh, I didn't know them very well. My husband actually got to meet them first, which is rare because normally I make the friends and then he loves my friends, but he had, uh, gotten introduced to these men. He went on men's group and then he went on men's retreat. And unfortunately when he came home, it was during that season that he came home with COVID. And so him and I both got COVID at the same time. We have four children in our home. We don't know anyone. We don't have community. We just moved across the country. Like we're lonely. We're struggling. I'm hoping my kids aren't burning the house down while I'm so sick in bed, right? Like it was kind of a crazy dire week. But these people who did not know me, they did not know me from Jill down the street, okay? Took it upon themselves to make a meal train for me, to drop food off at my porch. Somebody sent toys and Amazon package for my kids so they can entertain themselves. Like they went above and beyond praying for me. Yes, they were doing that too, but they physically used their money or they physically made meals. They practically used their hard earned money to send stuff for my kids. Like they surrounded us in a way that I had never been surrounded before because I didn't know them. I didn't have a relationship with them. And they showed the love of Jesus through this situation. And they've been stuck with us ever since. (laughs) We haven't left the church. And so that's just a little recent example of like, it could be anything, but for that, that meant the world to me. I was so lonely and so afraid and sick that these people stepped in the gap for me. They fed my family. They took care of my kids. And as a mom, that means everything, right? So an example like that, think of something in your life where They've gone beyond, or you've gone beyond for someone else. The number third, the number third, the third thing is I read this once about the story and they called these men creative evangelists. (laughs) And I liked that because are we those friends? Are we the radical friends? And yes, friends, I will stand by that. This is radical. This, what they did not only then, but living friendships this way is radical, Believing in this supernatural healing from a God who can do this for someone else, that's radical. It's a little crazy in today's world. And so are we those radical friends that would move tiles off a roof to get our friend to their healing? We know and believe in the Lord's supernatural healing. Will we do whatever it takes to get them there? How creative are we in getting our friends to know Jesus and presenting the gospel and petitioning for their healing, for their salvation, for their whatever it is they need? Or are we hindering them from Christ? Are we hindering them from their healing by speaking out of turn like Job's friends? Are we taking them to the bar instead of church? I'm sorry, I know that just came out, but I mean it. Are we, are we being representatives of Jesus or are we conforming to the world? 
because I don't want friends that conform to the world. I want friends that drop me <laughs> through a roof for Jesus to get to Jesus, right? I pray, friend, that this, this resonates with you, that it, it sparks something in you because I think this level of radical friends will change everything for us. I think women, if in the church and outside of the church, but Christian women can step up in this way. I just, I believe with my whole heart that it'll change relationships. It'll change friendships. It'll change the church as a whole because no longer are we living with a me mentality. What do I get out of dragging this dude? Who knows how far they came? I don't even know that part of the story. What do I get for dragging this dude? What, I'm, I'm gonna be hot. I'm gonna miss my appointments. I can't go do this because I have to bring George to the hospital, which is Jesus, AKA, right? Like when we stop living with a me mentality and seeking friendships because they can fill me and what do you do for me? Instead, let me serve you the way Christ serves us. Let me love you the way Christ loved you. Let me sacrifice my time, money, energy, and even physical work for you because I have a savior that did it for me. That will change everything, everything. And I just, I know deep within my bones that that is true. I'm going to read this quote from my friend, Natalie Runyon. She was on the podcast uh, a few episodes ago. I'll post that link below and plug her book raised to stay is coming out next week. Friends, if you have church hurt, if you experience church hurt, if you are a church leader in any capacity, you need this book. You need to buy it in the next week because I really am petitioning for this, this book to get on bestsellers list ASAP. And this is the book that has already changed lives and I know it will continue. But she posted something and I shared it on my Instagram, but I want to read it because this is my heart. I want an upper room community who isn't afraid of a little fire, who knows how to fan a flame and stir up a gift intercessors who go to war without ceasing and worshipers who go to battle as warriors. I want friends who will lower me through a roof to my healing, who will worship my chains to the floor when I'm in bondage and friends who run to Jesus on my behalf, who will call me out of an early grave. I want a church who knows the word of God and wields it like a double-edged sword for it is burning in their bellies, burning in their bones. I want an army who knows how to fight and a family who knows how to love. Listen up. There will be counterfeit communities who will promise solidarity but leave you in solitude. They will promise healing only to lick their wounds with their saltiness. They will offer sweet revenge, but it's a cup of bitterness. I want you to know that this is this. This is my heart's desire for this community. Let us be women who spur each other on. Let us be women who shake down the chains of bondage. Let us be women who carry, drag, even if it's kicking, screaming, our other win, women to healing. Let us be women that intercede on these women's behalf. And that is what will happen inside of the abundant woman community and the collective. I know this because that is my heart's desire. And that's the vision that the Lord's given me for this amazing, amazing community. So if you're with me, share it, shout it. Let's get together and say amen. Okay. I do want to say, cause finding friends, I don't know if it's been like when you started doing this, but finding friends is hard y'all like so hard. So if you're looking for these radical friends, 
maybe you've moved across country like me or just in a different season of your life where you need friends. Let's chat about this real quick because I see you and I know how hard it is to make friends as a grown up. Like seriously, it's so hard. The first thing I want you to think about is think about what kind of friend are you? I know this is backwards. I know most people would be like, hey, what kind of friends do you want? Go find those. But no, no ma'am. What kind of friend are you? You. Oftentimes we think about what kind of friends we want more than what type of friend we actually are. It's hard to want a BFF to do life with when we don't actually do life with people or we're closed off or unavailable or our walls are too high and people aren't going to tear them down right away, right? Or we're unavailable. Or someone who wants our kids to get together, but you never invite them to your house. So the first question today is what kind of friend are you? Think about it. Make a note of it. Ask Holy Spirit to bring up any areas where maybe you aren't a good friend. And it's okay. There's grace in that because if you want these desired friendships, then let's be a friend that creates them, right? And Holy Spirit will bring it up to you and you can change that today. Praise Jesus. Change can happen right now today. The second question I want you to ask is what kinds of friends do you desire? Like maybe you are like, I really want friends who go on adventures, who are foodies, who, or who just come over, bring the kids, and we all hang out together. Whatever that may be, think about it, pray about it, and I would even tell you to write it down because we are going to be praying and petitioning, asking for his will in our friendships and for him to bring the right families to us. So what do you want that friendship to look like? I mean, yes, you want them to be kind. You want them to love Jesus. But like beyond that, what would make that friendship click with you or your family unit? What kind of friends do you want? You have to be that friend first. If you want friends that are trustworthy and vulnerable, then you have to be vulnerable with people. If you want adventurous friends, then invite these women on adventure. Post in a Facebook group. You won't believe like the Spring Hill and Franklin and all these women mom Facebook groups every single week, if not multiple times a week here where I live. There are women being vulnerable and posting in a Facebook group like, hey, yo, I just moved here. We don't know anyone. Or, hey, I've been here for five years and I still don't have friends. Well, how are you guys making friends, right? Be that person. Post in a Facebook group of your community. Post in your church group. Ask someone on Sunday on an adventure. Or if you want to be a foodie friend or you want foodie friends, then go take People out to fancy restaurants or foodie, I don't know, foodie restaurants, (laughs) right? Last spring, I wanted to go to a women's Bible study, but I couldn't find one that matched my schedule and matched what I wanted. And so I created one. Me and a handful of women came to my house. I opened up my home every Thursday. We read through Esther together and it was good. Be what you want to have. Be the friend that you desire. Start with creating it or being it for other people. First, if you want friends who are generous and do life together with, then invite them into your life, into your mess, and into your story. It only makes sense that way. My third one, which probably should have been my first one, my bad friends, pray for your friends and future friends. If you are in relationships right now that maybe you're like, eh, God, what do you want from this? Ask him that. God, is this a friend that I need to push in deeper with, that I need to bring closer to my best, or is this someone that is only for a season? Or is this someone that should not be in my life, right? Pray for your current friends and relationships now and pray for future ones. 
every single day. Pray for the Lord's will, for his will in your relationships, for his will in your friendships, both current and future. Pray that he would bring community and church community to be with you and to do life together. And repent. Repent of sin that has taken place in current or previous relationships. Repent of situations where you have pointed them to the world instead of to Christ. Repent of maybe not being a good friend. Honestly, guys, it is okay. I have never always a thousand percent been a great friend for numerous reasons. And I had a friend way long time ago. I was in my 20, early 20s and we just stopped being friends and I had no idea why. And a few years later, I like ran into her and I asked her like, dude, what happened? I have no idea what happened. We just stopped being friends like that hurt. And she was like, that hurt me too, but you weren't a good friend. And I was like, what? I was such a good friend. No, I was not a good friend. And she told me that, which is so brave of her. And it showed me my blind spots, my weak spots. And I repented and was like, God, I don't ever want to go through that again. Take this from me. Show me when I'm being a bad friend. Show me when I'm being selfish, right? Mostly friends, be the one to start. If you want a Bible study for women, create one. If you want to go on an adventure, invite a friend to go on an adventure with you. If you're lonely and just need community, post it and share it. Be vulnerable, be open, but mostly let God lead you in this. This is an area of our life where we like to take control. We like to say like, they're my friends, but this season that I'm in is fully ordained by God. I have prayed for friends and relationships that I've always had, but I've always prayed for them. Like, God, I want a friend to do this with. Okay, give me some time and she appears, right? So seek his will for your life and your friendships first. And then be the one to start it. Start the relationship. Start the friendship. Before we head out, I have three scriptures that I really, 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 really want you to read and reread this week about friendships. Proverbs 18, 24 says, There are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. That one I feel like is so easy to say. Yes, of course, you're my sister. I use that so much even too. But I've also been in relationships where friends sought out to destroy each other. They were jealous of each other. They gossiped about each other. They, when one left the table, it was a conversation about them. Like, don't be that. Real friends stick closer than a brother. Memorize that today. Proverbs 17, 17, a friend is always loyal and a brother is born to help in time of need. We talked about that today. Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens, sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. As iron sharpens iron, a friend sharpens a friend. Be that friend today. Be that friend that sharpens your friends and spurs each other on in faith. And honestly, ask the Holy Spirit before you go right now, spend a second and say, God, or maybe her name has been brought up. Is there someone that I haven't been a good friend to? Let's fix that right now too. And last thing, friends, before we go, know that friendship is important. It is important to have women of God interceding for you and dropping you through a roof. It doesn't have to only be in person. It could be online too. I have some incredible friends that are virtual that I've never met in real life. And that sounds crazy, but it's 2023. So it is what it is. But I have incredible friends. Even yesterday, I had a text message from a friend. She knew I was going through <laughs> the ringer and she texted me, how can I pray for you? What do you need? Those are friends. Those are friendships, whether she's in Canada or if she could come to Tennessee, that'd be great. But it doesn't have to be in person only. 
and it's important. It's important that you you seek out friendships that God would desire for your life. Okay, so seek His will, and know that even though you sometimes it's easier to be alone, and sometimes it's easier to just deal with your own mess, it's not God's plan for us. He wants us in community. <coughs> Excuse me. So I want to tell you too, there are two things coming up soon with the Abundant Women Collective that totally reference community. One of which I mentioned in the beginning, it is the Abundant Woman Collective Retreat. We're calling it the Abide Retreat. This retreat is going to be right outside of Nashville in a gorgeous McMansion with a handful, two handfuls of women who are just wanting to deepen their relationship with Jesus. They are craving community. They are tired of the rat race of life and need a weekend to press pause and press in and learn what it means to abide with Jesus Christ. And so if this is you, Girl, reach out today, right now. <laughs> Go to AbundantWoman.co, TheAbundantWoman.co slash retreat, and you can sign up. It's just a $100 deposit to save your spot, and then there's payment plans. So I don't want money to be a thing, but I know it is. So retreats are powerful, and I want you at this next retreat. Um, the next thing is that we'll talk about it more in the podcast episode next week, but we are launching a virtual event, which I'm so excited for next week. And here is my kicker that I'm technically in the marketing world, like not supposed to tell you, but I want to tell you because I'm so excited. Um, next week we'll talk about the event, but after the event, I'm launching the first ever, not first ever, the membership, sorry, the community membership. It'll be a monthly membership for the Abundant Women Collective. And so I know a thousand percent that there will be women in this membership that will do life with you. We'll do life together. We will intercede on your behalf. We will set up meal trades when life gets hard and we will praise and worship with you when life is amazing. And I cannot wait to show you what's on the inside, but just know that that is coming in just a few short weeks. I believe community is important online and offline. And this community will guarantee to have some, at least one of your radical friends inside of it. And I'm so excited for it. I love, I love you all. And I'm excited for God to use this message of friendship to honestly change women and our relationships together. Until next time, friends. Friend, I hope you were blessed by this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Before you go, quick things. One, can you follow us on social? I would love to get social with you. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube all have the username Abundant Woman Co. Come say hi. Also, we have a free Facebook community that has women just like you building community, going after Jesus, and just making connections. Come join us there. I can't wait to meet you. And last, I would love if you could screenshot this episode and share it on your socials for a chance to be featured. Until next time.